0: ladies and gentlemen welcome back to podcast Juice.net. my name is michael dean and this is the podcast on prince i got a special guest today in the building or in your ears i should say mm-hmm. uh, none other than ingrid chavez how are you Ingrid?
1: i'm good it's so nice to talk to you it's
0: been long overdue yeah it's been a, it's been a minute <laughs> you know getting it together for a while yeah yeah but I, I, it's my pleasure to have you on here tonight uh first off i want to say congratulations on your new project that's coming out um as this goes out your new single will be out uh all the love in the world right so uh tell and i have and i've listened to it, i've heard I, I got to listen to this and uh i will say like it's got a nice like um you know, it's like, like a real chill vibe to it, but it still has like a groove to it, like where you can kind of be, you know, you can still get a little two step in there. Yeah. You know? So I was like, I was like, okay. That's <laughs>
2: what I do. Yeah, I like it. I
0: it's, like the, it. It's, the, it's the sexy slow groove. There you go. So. That grown folks. Yeah, for grown folks. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tell me a little bit about the song.
1: Yeah, so, um, uh, Mashti from, uh, Masti project produced it. Um, it's it's such a it's a song about like just reminding someone that you care about that even in the hardest darkest times that you know you you still see the beauty in them and to remind them to you know don't let anybody take their shine away. It's mm,
0: okay. basically
1: what it's about.
0: Did you do the? Did you produce this song as well?
1: Well yeah, I mean, before Mashti got it, I had um written the lyrics and the vocals to a different mel to a different track. Okay. And um then I gave it to Mashti, and he just sort of took the melody and and what I had recorded and and put this other music up under it. So this was much more suitable. That's kind of the way a lot of things go with me. I'll I'll record something uh, a, like a demo track to something a bit more basic. And then um, I'll work with somebody to develop it and turn it into what it becomes on a record.
0: Okay. And
1: someday be the, uh, the demos of everything. Cause that would be quite interesting for people to hear. Yes. I think how a song, um, you know, in my bedroom turned into a song, you know, on an album.
0: I think a lot of us like that process to, to sort of hear that original sort of first take and idea then sort of how things sort of journey on to you know what they're released as right uh, yeah okay now I want to there's, there's a lot of things I want to ask you but uh first thing I got to say uh your voice is just uh, uh immortalized in a lot of our minds Prince fans uh <laughs> mm-hmm. for many different things but of course like you know Love Sexy album like you can't drop the needle you know what I'm saying on that and not hear your voice like how does that feel to like just always know like forever in the day like that your voice is just out there like that
1: um i you know i can't hear what everybody else hears in my voice so um <laughs> i really don't i i cringe to hear my own voice talking i really? i don't ever listen to inter- no, i don't listen to any interviews i don't listen to anything okay. um so i don't hear what everybody else hears in it but um <clears throat> it's you know i i forget about it that it's out there in the world like that and um and sometimes i'm reminded and i'm just so truly grateful that i've i've gotten to have the experiences that i've had and that um you know it will live on forever it'll live on past me you know mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing
0: one of my favorite lines i actually use this in a song and <laughs> is you from graffiti bridge that's where you say, uh, "You better pray for a strong back," because I'm knocking it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even know how I did all that.
0: <laughs> it, so I'm gonna, this, let's talk about that for a second. Like, I mean, you were in a major motion picture, like, you know, uh, yeah whatever the budget may have been, but it was, you know, a a huge production and Warner Brothers and and Prince and stuff. Did you ever have any ambitions to be an actress in a movie before that happened?
1: No, (laughs) no. I've just always been very single-minded music and that's, that's, was all I ever was thinking about.
0: Were you like, uh, ner- I mean, how did, ex- can you take us back to like, how did you get the call for that? You know, did Prince call you or did somebody say, yo, Ingrid, we're going to do a movie and we want you to be in the movie to start. And it, like, how did that come about?
1: Well, Prince directed um the heaven must be near video and craig rice shot it you know he, he was the cameraman and so we all three worked on that video together and um i guess they were you know they had asked some other people to play the part of aura and it just never worked out so it was craig who um who brought me up to Prince and said, why don't you give Ingrid a a shot? And so it was Craig Rice who called me and said, you know, would you like to audition for the part of Aura in this film? And I mean, I've, I'm crazy. And I say yes to things that, you know, I have no idea what I'm getting myself into. But um, he said, he asked me if I would like to audition. And I said, yes. And, um, to be honest with you, it was the most terrifying and challenging thing I've ever done in my life. And, um, but also it was life changing and the most incredible experience to have had the opportunity to work with, uh, Prince and the rest of the cast in that capacity. So, um, that's what happens when you say yes, you just go, and you just dive in and you just, it was, there were some, some moments that I, I just wanted to cry on set because I, you know, I was doing things. I'm incredibly um, a self-conscious person when it comes to that kind of thing. I mean, just the fact that I can't even listen to my an interview that I've done because I'm, you know, to listen to my voice that way is <clears throat> you know, <laughs> it's it's painful. But um so to do the film and to actually because I said yes, I had that's my dog. I'm sorry. Suki. <laughs> Um, But you know, I I said yes, and so I I had to had to really just push through in times when I felt just, you know, so terrified. So you know, like even that line that you said, um, you know, that you said that you really loved about the film. I can't even imagine, you know, doing that or how I did that, how I even said that. So.
0: Wow, were you? Are you? Well, I don't know if you are or or were then. Were you like a? Were you an introvert, or were you a very shy person? Because it seems like a. I mean, it's a huge contrast to star in a in a movie where you're like one of the leads. You know what I'm saying? Like,
1: yeah, I'm just terribly self conscious, you know, um, and highly critical of myself, and so, um, and that's why you know. I mean, I know that there's this mystique around who I am as a person, but it's it's all it's all because I'm just, you know, very like, um, I my life is my own, and I mm-hmm. I don't really need to share all the details of my life with the world. That gets shared enough in songs,
2: right?
1: Okay. So, um, you know, but yeah, I'm I'm just I'm not shy as a person, like. I can walk into a room, as you well know. I mean, I, I'm shy to a certain degree, but, you know, when I met you and everybody, I mean, you know, I could hold my own in a in a group, but when it comes to, you know, video and, and film and all that stuff, yeah.
0: It's hard <laughs> to watch yourself, is, is that right? Yeah, okay. yeah.
1: So, and oh, It's also hard for me to be anything other than what I am, so acting means that I have to be something other than I am, and so that was, like, the challenge of it, you know.
0: So that was not you that I saw on the screen.
1: <laughs> well, it was me because I think that um, the the really beautiful thing about Prince and um, our friendship was that he always tried to like just um, show the world who I was. And so they I don't know what the character of Aura was before me, but I know that um, he when I became Aura, they you know, Prince built that that um, role around who I am. So um, to a certain degree, yeah. I mean, Prince was trying to put me, Ingrid Chavez, into the role of Aura.
0: Okay. Um, was the movie that we saw, and I know, I know this was a long time ago, so I don't expect you to be like breaking it down, on this date, da, da, da. But in terms of the actual movie that was released, was it a different movie that you guys sort of shot or did you see it differently when you were making it than what, what it ended up being?
1: No. I mean, I don't I don't have any um I don't remember thinking that it was gonna be anything other than it turned out to be. Okay. You know. Yeah.
0: What was your thoughts on them on the movie? Like what did you think of it?
1: Um, there were I really felt like um the scene where I get you know, hit by a car, um, that, (laughs) that me just laying in the street and no one running to me seemed a bit odd, you know, Mm -hmm. but, um, other than that, I, I, you know, I didn't really understand that so much, but generally I just thought it was a really fun film, you know, of music and, you know, just getting to see all these wonderful performances, you know, all in all, I, I thought it was a really fun film.
0: Did you ever get any other offers or anything, you know, after the movie came out?
1: Nope. You said no. No, no I didn't. Oh, no.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Brothers wouldn't brothers wouldn't come up to you on the street offering you like let me take you or <laughs> <laughs> something. No,
1: no, not like to be in other. You know, to <laughs> there might have been some stuff. I I really can't remember, but nothing that you know stands out. Okay.
0: <clears throat> I always wonder what's that like to be in a movie. And then, you know, it come out and, you know, is there, did you have to do like a lot of uh, promotion type things? Did you guys do promotion, promotional stuff? For them? Oh my
1: gosh. I, you know, Prince had such an amazing PR team behind him. I was all over the place. I was, had an eight page spread in interview magazine when the magazine was oh, like wow. a real magazine. Mm-hmm. You like opened it up, you know, and there was like, it was like the biggest, coolest magazine of the time. Um, um, I was everywhere, and um, and because of the controversy of "Justify My Love," I wound up doing a European tour to um, sort of push back on the fact that um, I actually wrote that song but that i was also in this film so there was a you know there was it was my first trip to europe you know to promote the film and to you know um promote my record that was going to be coming out soon and to push back on some justify my love stuff and yeah it was an amazing time
0: so and this i want to talk about that too but it's it's just interesting to me like how and i don't know these stories like how did you Uh, go to meet then i guess lenny kravitz to even start working on that madonna song
1: um there was a bit of a time lapse between me meeting him and um and us recording that song but um one day after filming on the set of the film um prince asked me if i wanted to go to first avenue and see lenny play and um so I said, "Yeah," and so we we took. He had a driver come pick me up, and he, you know, he was there, and we went to First Avenue, and we hung out in the sound at the soundboard and watched for a little bit, and then Prince was. And Lenny wasn't even done yet, and Prince was like, "I want to go home now." So we drive. Now I live literally like at the time I live literally like five minutes from pay from First Avenue but we drive all the way back to Paisley Park and he gets out of the car and he tells the driver to take me home. And I'm like, can you just take me back to first Avenue? (laughs) So I went back to first Avenue and, um, I went backstage and Lindy and I had a mutual friend, Tony Lamas. So, um, I went back and we talked and hung out for a little while. And, um, we just we became friends and so whenever I was out in LA we would hang out and one time him and Andre Betts was were in the studio and he invited me to the studio and um Zoe was just a little girl and I was coloring with her. It was so wow. cute. Now yeah, she's this like grown, gorgeous <laughs> young woman. Right, right. <laughs> wow. Anyway, so um they uh, I, they laid down they sampled this beat and then Lenny laid down some strings and they asked me if I had anything that I wanted to contribute, and I said I have this, I have this letter that I wrote on me. That you know, I'll just I just went in and read the letter, and that was it.
0: Wow! Wow! Bestest three. Now, it, it, give give a little game to the the young songwriters and artists coming up. So, you know that story you just outlined You know, it's not a very organic way of creating something, but of course, this song becomes you know smash right one of the one of the biggest songs for for madonna how does that work then with you do you do you retain like credit uh was there a conversation of that when you guys were recording or is this after the fact like how does that work
1: well there was a big controversy over that because <laughs> um lenny and i took the song to virgin and um just to let them hear it you know just Spread my wings a little bit. And um, I had a cassette on me from off the board of the of the song. And um, the head of Virgin, I can't remember who I was with at the time, asked me if he could have my copy. And I thought, well, I'll just get another copy. And um, so I gave him mine. And, well, you know, the reason why he's the head of Virgin is because he heard that song. and He already knew what they wanted to do with it. So without my permission or anyone asking me, they presented it to Madonna. And I was pretty much shut down from getting a copy of it, another copy. So um, lesson learned. But um, so Lenny goes on to um, give the song to Madonna. They record it. And um, long story short, I don't tell anyone about it because I've made an agreement with Lenny that I wouldn't, and so um, the song comes out and see um, The song comes out and um, Prince hears it on the radio, and he calls me up and he says, um, "So uh, Ingrid, what's up with that Madonna song? I know that's you."
2: Hmm.
1: And um, I had never told anyone. It was just between me and Lenny. Me and Lenny, and Craig Rice had heard it, and maybe one other person had heard the original. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> so I admitted to him on the phone. I was, I was like, "Yeah, you're right. I recorded this song, and I and I made an agreement with Lenny that I wouldn't tell anyone." And um, he said, "Well, are you stupid?" <laughs> You have a you have a record coming out, and people are going to think that you are copying Madonna.
2: Mm, mm-hmm.
1: And so, <clears throat> I went and uh, got a really wonderful lawyer and took Lenny to court. And yeah, I get royalties.
0: <laughs> oh, so you had to take Lenny to court?
1: Oh, I took Lenny to court because he was he was the one who. Like, he was the one who had most of the copyright on it and the publishing and, every, and songwriting credit and everything. So it was him that I had to go. Madonna changed one line or one word or something, and she got 10%. So it wasn't about, like, credit as far as, like, yes, I wanted acknowledgement for it, which I got that. But the, the way that I got acknowledgement was by owning, you know, part of the copyright. So in the publishing, so um, that's what we did. I I got credit for it. My name is on the on the record now as a writer, and I own part of the publishing.
0: Okay, and and you, and I'm not trying to get all in your finances, but and they cut you your checks, right? Like you're getting. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Now, did you actually have to go to court over this, or did you pretty much you just present uh, it? We settled. To, okay. Well, good for Lenny.
1: <laughs> it was getting kind of ugly because that was back in the day of, um, you know, MTV, Kurt Loder. and right, like Lenny s- released this statement, and then Inga Chavez released this statement. It was it was just getting was ugly. Like I was that. like, I I can't do this anymore. I just please mm-hmm. let's just end this. I you know,
0: man, thank God there was no internet back then, boy, because. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, it's
1: just old Kurt Loader, Loader. How do you say his name?
0: Kurt Loader, MTV knew Kurt was the man back in the day.
1: Oh yeah, he was. That's how you got all your music info.
0: Yeah, man. So I, I didn't know it came all to that. Yeah, uh, but that's, yeah. that's how the game works sometimes. I
1: actually, if anybody wondered why I disappeared from music for for twelve years. That was a big part of it. I just didn't want to have anything to do with anything mm. after that. It, was just, it really turned me off.
0: Wow. 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 Now, there wasn't any sort of, um, you say you sort of stepped out of it. Was there any uh, like sort of, I won't say black ball, but I mean, you're going against in some ways Madonna and you know, Warner Brothers and Lenny and all that. I mean, was there a little bit of pushback from the industry about this? kind of cuz you kind of got aired out a little bit in the in the media or no I
1: don't I don't know I oh, okay. I I didn't I was just like I'm done I don't know what anybody thought or if I was I don't think so I mean in terms of like me being sort of blacklisted in the, in the industry I mean I didn't do anything I just like wanted credit for what I what I wrote Right Um but you know that's the um interesting thing about so Justify My Love comes out, my record comes out. I am going through all this at the same time, this, you know, um, this Paisley Park record and the Justify My Love. So I decide that I I just don't like this anymore. So I just I I married David Sylvian and he was like somebody that I'd been listening to and I I just, you know, loved his music so much that when I actually met him, um which was um we made that connection i didn't meet him in europe on that european Mm -hmm. tour but um we made a connection through um a journalist and i wound up meeting him um about a month later in america and so um so you you put you do this stuff you you make this music and you you put it out into the world and um you don't always know what's going to happen to it. Like I, I just shut it down. I was like, I'm just going to go and um, be married to David, and I'm going to raise my children, and I just don't want to have anything to do about do with this. And people didn't even know. Like we moved to California, and nobody even knew that what I had done. I just was <laughs> like, I don't, I don't do this anymore. I'm just a mom, you know. And um, but then when I came back to it. I guess, what was that, like 2005 or six or something? And um, that record had taken on a life of its own, you know, the poetry record.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: You know, and um, it, it, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, people were writing me, like, because that's when, you know, people had their MySpace pages and so. Okay. And I uh, this. This designer out of Sacramento contacted me, and um, I, was, I was into photography. I just decided I, I got to do something creative, and so f- photography is going to be it. So I was um, hanging a show, at, like a local show in, in New Hampshire, and um, my lawyer contacted um, – my publishing lawyer contacted me and said, um, there's this guy – out of sacramento he's gonna be doing you know the the san francisco um fashion week or something and he wants to know if you're interested in performing live some of the songs from your you know your poetry album and i was like what (laughs) who me how does anybody even know anything about that and um so me being me said yes so i we we started talking and um he said, "Well, okay. First thing you need to do, Ingrid, you're not even on the internet. You need to open up a MySpace page." And I was like, <laughs> "MySpace, okay." So I I um go to sign up for a MySpace page, and there's somebody there with my name already. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this. "And they had a picture as their profile picture was the album." And I was like, "What? Wow. What's happening? What? Who even knows about that record?" And um so I had to actually do go through this uh, whole process of getting my my name back on MySpace but as soon as I actually joined MySpace legitimately like it was really me mm-hmm. I was flooded with all these stories of like how much this record meant to them and how it got them through hard times and you know I, I was amazed
0: How, how did and, that feel like to just get all of that And it probably was years worth of of stories I would imagine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I didn't even know that anybody even bought the record or knew that record. Mm-hmm. That's how, how much I had just whoosh, shut the door. I, it really was just so like opened my heart up. And I was like, it may, it reminded me of what it is that I find most gratifying. And that is writing songs. And something that I tried to find in photography. And you know, I, I love capturing images, but completing a song, there's nothing more like gratifying to me than that. like when when like like figuring out like where you're gonna go with it and structuring it and finding all the words and the melodies, and then you're building harmonies. and then you feel like, "Ah, oh, I think I've got it, and it's done." and you get to listen back at it it's amazing
0: now so that's interesting you said you don't listen to yourself in interviews and things like that nature but you don't have any problem listening back to your own music and stuff
1: no i I don't have any problem with that no
0: (laughs) um and the so the other another thing too uh we're kind of just all over the place but i I also wanted to say congratulations to you because i see that you are going to be one of the guests at the uh, celebration uh, at yes. Paisley Park this year, right? Yep. Yep. That should be exciting.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be on the graffiti bridge panel.
0: <laughs> oh, they are doing a graffiti bridge panel. Ah, okay. Okay. I going to wow. get
1: with Craig, Craig. Yeah, that's okay. that, that's a that's a place I feel comfortable just talking about, you know, the movie and gotcha. my experiences with that. So, you know, I'm I'm not really I'm I'm not, again, I'm not really comfortable being on the panels either. So, um, I'm, I'm this one, this, this is my comfort zone. So I I'm you. good. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, that, that's going to be a treat for everybody. I'm sure. Cause, uh, yeah. that would be special yeah. now. So graffiti bridge. No. Oh, I also, I always wanted to know this and maybe I missed hearing about this. What is the significance of the date? May 19, 1992
1: it's 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 not like a date in particular, but um we want it to um, give the idea of someone writing. I've always written in journals, and when you if you take my each record that I've ever done, they're um kind of like slices mm. in time for me. Like my life at this point is measured out in in albums and songs.
2: Mm.
1: And so idea of that was that this is as if someone was writing into their journal and this is a a date you know in a journal so
0: okay yeah I got you I got you and, and I know you've you've told this story many a times I'm sure, but just for for my listeners here, um, just to go back <clears throat> when what was it uh, take me back to the that time on a time of day it was. But when you first met Prince
1: Yeah Well it was A Tuesday night <laughs> At Williams Pub Because oh, okay. Tuesday night was, um, was funk night So every other night of the week It was not funk night Tuesday night was funk night So we could all get in there And, and dress up and shake our booties On a Tuesday night okay. So um, I was supposed to I almost didn't go that night, cause um, I don't know. I just I didn't feel like going. But then a friend of mine called me and said, "Hey, I thought you were meeting me here." and I was like, "Fine." <laughs> so um, I got dressed and just went to the went to the club. And shortly after I arrived, um, Prince walked in, and um, I went and sat at the bar, and he kept watching me. So I just sent him a note. And, um, and on the note, I think everyone may know by now what the note said, but it said, hi, remember me? Probably not because we've never met. Smile. I love it when you smile. And, um, I gave it to him and he asked me to come sit with him and, um, we talked, he, asked me what my name was, and I said Gertrude, and I asked him what his name was, and he said um, Dexter, and so that was the way that all started. <laughs> now, what year was this? This was 88.
0: 88. Now, just to be clear, you knew who he was at the time, right?
1: right. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I was just playing around, but um, he didn't know who I was, so. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, and we just talked a little bit, and that was back in the day when he wore the, the mirror hearts on his wrist, and he took it off and put it on my wrist. It was very cute, and um, then he asked me if I wanted to go to take a drive to Paisley Park,
0: and I said okay. And 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 a legend would be there's a lot that well, supposedly a lot that happens at that particular time. You get to Paisley Park, is that right?
1: He, well, things that happened that I wasn't aware of, but yeah, I mean, um, so we took a drive there. I sat in the front seat, and he sat in the back seat. And um, we get and that was when they, when the car of the day was the, the Bronco. Like everybody in Minneapolis the Bronco. drove Broncos. Oh, yeah. Bronco. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so we got to Paisley Park, and I. I, he put me in this room and I just kind of hung out it seemed like an eternity and um, I didn't know where he was I was just kind of like in awe of the place like wow okay I'm just in this room I I think it was just a room with some candles and um, he disappeared and um, I don't really remember it that clearly but um, I met Susan Rogers mm-hmm. and um and and then I was driven home, you know, and not much else happened that night. But, you know, that was the kind of the beginning of a, a very creative period in both of our lives.
0: Interesting. Wow. Imagine if you hadn't went, if you if you had just told your friend, nah, I'm not girl, I ain't going out. Ain't going. <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: just going to chill at home tonight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, what brought you to Minneapolis uh, originally,
1: yeah, well, I was living in in Atlanta with um Steve Snow, and we had a band called Ti- China Dance. We hadn't released anything, but China you know dance. we were kind of dance. And um, we had just moved into this old candy factory, which was is kind of interesting because the person who um building it was just sent me pictures um, the other day online of what it looks like now but in my memory it seemed much bigger but um so we moved into this old kanji factory but it was in a really really bad part of you know the city and um we left just for a little while to go take a friend of mine to the airport and when we came back everything of ours was stolen all of our equipment everything (laughs) we were down for nothing it was like I think they left our clothes but um and Steve was from Minneapolis, and so we just sold everything else that we had. We sold my car, sold everything, just to get tickets to go to Minneapolis. And we wound up moving there. And we were on the north side. And the north side back then, I don't know what it's like now, but <laughs> it wasn't much better than the part of Atlanta that we just moved from. <laughs> wow, okay. And, um. Yeah. So that's that. That's how I made it to Minneapolis.
0: Well, and and you're originally from where again?
1: I'm originally from New Mexico, but I grew up in Georgia.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. And um, as we have, you know, on our journey of life and we grow, and you talked about you were married and you Mm. weren't married anymore. You have any children?
1: I have three children. I have Tanandre, who is, he was my date to the Graffiti Bridge um, Uh premiere in New York. (laughs) He was six at the time, I I think, or maybe he was maybe five, and I have um, two daughters, Amira and Isabel, and um, everybody's grown. And you have young children, don't you?
0: I have. Uh, well, I have a, a three-year-old. Have a, my daughter will be sixteen this weekend, so kind of. Yeah. Both ends of the spectrum, I suppose. Yeah,
1: that's probably why you get cold still <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I haven't gotten sick very much since my children grew up and moved out of the oh, okay, house. Right, right.
0: Yeah, yeah, so
1: um yeah, so this is the first year well, it's been one year now that it's just been me living with my two dogs.
0: Oh, so then, so all the kids are out of the house? Oh
1: yeah, yeah, they're all out.
0: Okay.
1: And um yeah, it's it's been amazing living alone. <laughs> I mean not that i don't i mean not that i don't love being with my children but it's the first time i mean i've been a mom since i was 19 years old so um mm.
2: it's
1: it's been quite nice to to have a home that is just your stuff
0: mm-hmm. yeah you know, so reclaiming your time as they say
1: reclaiming my time my <laughs> space, my brain my body <laughs>
0: Um, so that's but that's interesting. You so you say you're, you've been a mother since you were nineteen. How did how did you juggle, you know, being a mom and then having the career and doing music and the movies and all that stuff?
1: Single focus. I knew what I wanted to do, and um, you know, when I was nineteen, yes, I had Tenandre, but you know, Tenandre just went everywhere with me. You know, just you know, we're just buy one get two and um so i just you know continued to you know record um i just kept putting it out into the universe this is what i do this is who i am and um you know tanandre was along for the ride
0: (laughs) okay okay i like that a lot of times we don't really you know at least back in the days i always felt like we never really uh knew sometimes that You know, artists that we liked had a family or were mothers or fathers sometimes it was always just about the records and sort of the fantasy you know what I mean like but I love now that we see a lot more artists sort of express their full you know sort of experience a little bit more because a lot of us are older now too like like you know like to hear about songs or somebody's talking about their kids or the pressures of being a parent or you know different things so
1: yeah, little mama is all about you know being a young mom and still holding on to your dreams. And then um, you know on on a flutter and some words, there's a song called Isabel. It's about my daughter Isabel. There's um, the first Darshan. That's about my daughter Amira. And you know so my life is right there in all the songs. Okay, how,
0: how does your how does your how do your kids feel about your um, your art?
1: Oh, they they there's they're proud of me they they think it's it's pretty awesome that you know I, that I continue to do what it is that I find where I find my passion and um it's been an inspiration to them you know to to see that I just keep doing what I do you know mm-hmm. that I believe in it that much that it means that much to me that um you know
0: this is this is who I am that's all they know me as okay what what's um <clears throat> excuse excuse me um, you know we're at a time now in terms of you know, just to bring it back to prince again for a second where we really uh you know celebrate uh his legacy and <clears throat> you know a lot of the, the work that he has done over the over time but you as somebody who's had the experience to work with Prince what are some of the is, what what do you, What would you like us you know as fans and people that appreciate prince what, what would you, what would you like us to know about Prince?
1: Well, I can only speak of my own experience with him as to what I would like. I don't know that he's you know how he was with anybody else, but with me, he loved me for who I am and loved what I do and his only interest was to reveal to the world what he saw in me as an artist and as a person. And um, when I look at the um, the Heaven Must Be Near video and I, and I look at the covers of all those singles and everything, that was just the clothes that I owned. He didn't try to dress me. He was just like, no, just, just bring what you wear. We're, we're going to do a photo shoot for the single. It's me and my, you know, funny little black shoes and white shirt and, you know, like, <laughs> didn't have any money to speak of. So when I look at all those, you know, clothes and stuff, I'm like, he he thought I was cool just the way I was, you know, and um, Okay. And uh, that's that's one thing when I look back on um, on on him, and my experience of him was that you know he and I'm gonna you know I, I, I'm gonna I'd like to think that he's that way with you know everyone that he's worked with. I, I don't know, but he wanted to bring out the best of everybody and and to show the world what he saw in the artists that he worked with.
0: Wow, that, that's interesting that he sort of took you as you were, you know, let you just do you. He didn't try to push a certain sort of uh, aesthetic on you.
1: Uh, yeah, well, the the, the the album that we did together was just me reading my poem straight into the microphone. And that was exactly the way he took them. They, he took those original recordings and turned them into an album. Mm. You know, so... You know, we might have gone back in and recorded a little bit of, um, you know, may, maybe a retake on something just to build a chorus up. But all those um, songs, except for Hippie Blood and Little Mama, um, he he knew that although we were making a poetry album, he knew that I still felt like I wanted to contribute a a singing, you know, a song of me singing, and so he he did. He he put me in the studio with Michael Koppelman and said, "Here, do 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 what you want to do." And um, that me and Michael Koppelman wrote "Little Mama" and Hippie Black. We 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 literally wrote that that those two songs from beginning to end in two days in the studio, recorded everything, mixed everything. Hmm. So, um, but. You know when I look back on Prince I, I, I my experience was that he really wanted me to be happy with um, with what we were doing together and um, I'll never forget so there was like about a year and a half um, time between us recording the original tracks for the poetry album and actually going back in and finishing the album' mm-hmm. The poetry track of him playing keyboards and me just um, speaking over his, you know him improvising and me just talking over the top of these tracks. they sat they sat for almost two years without anything being done with them. Hmm. And um, and when we reconnected, um, he he called me and he said, now, during that time I started another band called Skyfish. And so I was still, you know, doing what I do. But um so he called me and said, Um, do you wanna do you wanna finish the poetry album? I want you to hear something. And he said, I want you to hear heaven must be near. It's like springtime in Paris. <laughs> and um, so he had someone come pick me up and brought me to Paisley Park and I got to hear it for the first time and that was That was the beginning of us actually finishing up the poetry album, like getting back to it. And um, he really loved the record. It was like, he just, you know, he uh, he loved that record. He just felt like it was the most, it was the the most beautiful. It was different. It was, you know, Mm -hmm. springtime in heaven,
0: you know. Okay.
1: Wow. I mean, Springtime in Paris, which I wrote Springtime in Heaven and uh, the song that I wrote for him. Um, but it's kind of a play on, you know, what he said about heaven must be near.
0: And this was, and, and just in time frame, uh, excuse me for my ignorance, this is before the graffiti bridge? Yeah. Movie thing? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, let's see, 88, we met December 1st, 88. Mm. And, um, I think it was only a couple of, maybe three weeks later that, um, we were, cause on some of those cassettes, it still says December 88. So, um, it was, it was within a few month, a few weeks that we were actually recording those, um, those tracks. That's how quick everything went. And, um, and so, it wasn't until maybe 90 that we got back to it. Oh, okay. Maybe
0: 90, 91. Um, I, I, let me ask you this. In the Love Sexy tour, you know, sort of in the mid, midsection of it, you know, there's that whole piece that plays, and your voice, uh, you, you know, is talking through there. Is that from you guys' original sort of recordings, or did he bring you in to actually record specifically for that, the concert stuff?
1: no so before we actually did the um the uh recordings for the the poetry record um shortly after prince met me you know he's you know he's like what do you do i'm like you know i'm a musician songwriter whatever you know i just do that kind of stuff (laughs) um so he's like okay well um i got you set up in studio b um so uh just go in and do your thing i was like Okay, here we go. So um, I went in with a guitar and um, no idea what I was going to do, none whatsoever. I went into the studio and between me and the engineer, um, I was like, "Okay, well, um, let's. Um, I'm going to play this guitar and then we're going to flip the track." And it's going to be backwards guitar, and then I'm going to do some stuff over the top of it, and we're going to play a tambourine, and you know, we Hmm. (laughs) just—I'm sure the um, the engineer was like, "What? (laughs) Who are you?" And and (laughs) so um, so that was where I recorded that night. Cross the line, and um, cross the um, line, yeah, yeah, cross the line, and um, reason enough. Okay, wow. So. So later that night, Prince comes in just to see what I've done. I'm like, okay, I've done it. I'm finished. And I play it. And he's just looking at me and his eyes are, I'll never forget. His eyes were so wide. Like, (laughs) I was like, oh my God, he thinks I'm crazy. Oh my God. Now he just, he thinks I'm absolutely like just a weirdo because of this track that I recorded. But, um, he wound up using that in his. Um, that was he used my original recording from that day, mm. and um, and that's where he he saw something that in that in that moment of my weirdness, you know, of the way that I work and the way that I think and um, the way that I um, just sort of created these soundscapes. With words and melodies and weird yeah. tambourines and backwards guitars, he saw something, and um, he, he he wanted to make a record with me.
0: Wow! Yeah, I mean, and then didn't he? There's a song. Doesn't he have a song called "Cross the Line" too? Right? I don't think it ever necessarily came yeah. out. Came out, but
1: yeah,
0: is that also yeah. sort of maybe sort of sort of influenced by your thing Some- too?
1: Yeah, definitely. When I listen to the lyrics of that which I can't remember, but um they're they're definitely it's it's there.
0: Man, what did you do to what did you do to prince? Like was, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he was mesmerized. Was, he was, he was he was, mesmerized I, by everything he
1: was you had going on. For, um, he was just ready for something like just to come in and shake his world a bit and like mm-hmm. you know, as an artist, you know, sometimes you just Want something to come along and like, ah, mm. crack it open again for you because you're you're stuck, mm. and you know. So I guess that's what I did.
0: Wow! Wow! I did
1: the same thing for me. Too. I mean, when you look at um, um, Love, Sexy, and the May nineteen ninety two record, if you if you if you put them side by side, they. Are a pair. They like they mirror each other in theme and mm-hmm. and even sort of ideas and words and visuals. And it's just it's those two records belong together. You know, hmm. they were at the same exact time. He was doing that, and I was writing my stuff and. Mm-hmm hanging out and we were talking prince and i you know during that it was really just a three-month period but it was like we were and it was winter so everybody sort of we were like you know like in a snow cave or something for three months where it was just me and him you know for three months and i'm writing and he's writing and we're talking and we're sharing and i'm writing him letters and poems and you know and he's writing these songs and having me come listen to everyone every time he records something he's like listen to this one listen to this one it was moving so fast it was mm. amazing
0: and and were these like songs that uh some of these songs on on that end up being on love sexy do you remember
1: um the songs that he was yeah he was building love sexy during that whole period
0: Okay,
1: yeah he was writing wow. it and recording it
0: I'm actually have to really, I mean, I'm really like, I want to do that. I want to listen to both of these albums because a lot of times us as fans, sometimes we always think like, you know, you got to listen to Love Sexy and the black album, but it actually, it almost sounds like the three of them in some degree, you know, here's what could have been, <laughs> you know what I mean? But then something happens and, you know, like you said, the, the landscape gets changed. And here's the direction that, you know, things started to go in. And I want to really listen to both of these albums together because it sounds like you can kind of hear them bouncing off one another, you know, and, uh, the commonalities. I mean, to me, that whole period is very fascinating. You know, I, you know, I was a, I'm a fan, but that was my time frame. And so I always remember when Love, Sexy came out, and it was so different, you know, <clears throat> from what. Uh, sign of the times and i had only only briefly heard about the black album but really jumped into that album because the stuff he was talking about and then to go see that concert you know just blew my head open. i was like whoa this prince is like he almost like he just changed everything you know just the whole concept of it all was just so fascinating to me so to really hear a bigger I really get an idea of what sort of spark that helped spark that. And, you know, that whole thing is, is pretty interesting. So I definitely want to hear it. I want to listen to both of them back to back to yeah, You know, take it in. Man, that, you, yeah, you, uh, when they, they got, they still writing the books, <laughs> they still getting the history right. But yeah, Ingrid, I mean, that, your whole thing of just like phew, that night, what was that, what was the club called? You said it was Funk Night. What was the name of the place?
1: <laughs> Williams
0: Pub. Williams Pub ain't no joke.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, it's, it's still there. It's like the downstairs okay. um, was like a, where you could, it was pub, like a pub, and there were peanuts all over the floor, but then you went upstairs, and that's where the dance floor was, and, you know, it was, it was funk night, and there was like booty shaking contests, and I mean, it was like,
0: what? you know. In Minneapolis? Cold. They was doing that? It <laughs> getting oh, that one. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Yeah. Prince,
1: yeah. you know, Prince. Prince knew where the Prince knew where all the all the pretty girls and all the good music was. So <laughs> it didn't matter what night of the week it was. It was like if there was a party at on Tuesday night at Williams Pub. I mean, it was it was the second time, in, in the time that I before I met Prince, it was the second time I'd ever seen him out. One time I saw him out at First Avenue, but you know, I, it was just in passing. But um. You
0: know, he kind of got around. What was, uh, it, I mean, what was his demeanor like when, when he, be, I don't know, for some reason, I always thought Prince was mad or something, but, you know, I don't, again, I'm just going off of pictures and things. I mean, did he seem like a regular, he's not a regular guy per se, but I mean, was he like, a, you could approach him? It sounded like you could, you could approach him to some degree. Um.
1: Probably
0: if you were a pretty girl, you could.
1: Well, there, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, but he, I could tell the, I, I could tell the minute he walked into the club and he saw me that he had already sort of like, he had, there was something going on in his mind, you know, and that's why I wrote smile. I love it when you smile because he seemed unhappy. Mm, okay. And, um, but the way that he was um looking at me, it just, I felt like he, I, I felt like I needed to reach out to him, you know? And so I did.
0: Hmm. Was he like talkative to you? You said you guys drove back to Paisley. Was he just sitting there not saying nothing or you guys having a you know, conversation?
1: He, he was, it was quiet. It was, it was, it, it was, um, just like, you know, me sitting down and him asking my, me, my name and, me saying Ingrid uh, Gertrude and me asking him his name, Dexter. It was very, it was the whole first encounter was that sort of, um, kind of, um, it's kind of fairytale-ish when I look back on it, like how you just kind of meet somebody and it feels like a dream. Mm. There wasn't like real conversation. It wasn't like, so where do you live? And um, what do you do for a living? And, you know, it wasn't that kind of conversation. It was like two two artists that had just like bumped into each other. And we were having this other whole kind of conversation, mm. kind of language.
0: Okay, okay. The time by the time that you've you guys already you know recorded and different things and it's years later and it's you know the graffiti bridge was he the same guy that you knew when it came time to work on that movie or was that a mm-hmm. different prince?
1: Experience?
0: It was a different prince. It was a different prince.
1: You know the prince that I knew from that
0: that winter
1: it was you know he was in he was in creative we're doing this mode where this is like we're we're going to we're going to take everything from this moment that we can and we're going to like put it to music and and then when it was over it was over it was like okay i'm going on tour now and um i want you to come listen to i want you to um come um watch the rehearsals because i have a surprise for you i want you to hear that um and he was so excited to, for me to hear um cross the line in the in the intermission but you know after that it was kind of like i went on and i i was like okay i guess that was that and i started another band and um just kept doing what i do
0: hmm. uh, we, we're gonna wrap this up when was the last time you if you can share this, when was the last time you, you either saw or spoke to Prince?
1: Um, I was I had just gotten married, and I went out with my friend Catherine, who is married to Andre Simone. She's oh, she's my yeah, yeah. Shout out to she's like my sister from Minneapolis. Like I, she was the first person I met. When I moved there' cause she was um high school friends with uh, Steve snow, so oh, okay. she was okay. the person I and um so we went we were hanging out and um, i I saw Prince out. I can't remember what club it was, and I just went and sat with him for a minute and you know told him that I was that I was married or getting married. I can't remember and um you know he said, well, you know, I, I wish you the best. And that was kind of it. That was a long, long time ago. And um, sadly, um, I was just sort of gearing up to like reach out and just like reconnect and just see how he is. And, you know, and uh, that's just a, a lesson in life, you know, not to not to um, put off um letting someone know that you're in their thoughts or that, you know, there's a lot of people who have those stories with Prince, but, um, yeah. Big regret. But, um, yeah, before we do, before we sign up, I do have a few things I want to mention, though.
0: Um, Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: So, we are doing a video for the, um, All the Love in the World. It's going to be an Instagram video. So, um, I did an Instagram video um, previously for a song called Beautiful. If anybody wants to see what I'm talking about when I say Instagram video, you can go to my website, I mean, my um, my uh, YouTube channel, and it's and it's a song called Beautiful. So, what I'm asking is that um, people submit photographs of themselves or someone that they love and care about. Some people are even sending in their puppies, <laughs> um, it doesn't matter. This song is about love and showing people that you love them and showing them the beauty that you see in them or the beauty that you see in yourself. So what you do is you go to your Instagram feed and if there's a picture that you want to share in the comments beneath that photograph, put the hashtag all the love Instagram video and um, I will be collecting all the photographs. And if people send more than one, I'm probably only going to pick one, but... I mean, so, because there's so many of them being sent in right now, but, um, and also there's another, um, another thing that we're offering. If you go to my Instagram page, you'll see the single, there's a, there's a post in there with a cover of the single. If you tag a friend in the comments beneath that, you get entered into, um, a drawing for a signed copy of the black vinyl, which is 180 gram weight. Um, really excited about this record, um, that it's on vinyl. Um, so, yeah, there's those. There's, there's a couple of things. And then, of course, the single is available tomorrow, which is Valentine's Day. Um, I don't know when this is airing, but... Um, it's
0: out now. <laughs> it's out now. You it's didn't know now. it, but this was fun.
1: Um, and also, Memories of Flying, the album, will be out on May 17th. So um, I I really am excited about this record and i hope that um everyone will
0: check it out yes and take that journey with me. yes yes and and again so that hashtag is all the love instagram video right and so yep. everyone can start tagging that out there and put your pictures and your videos out there um, yeah. the album memories of flying is is 10 records is that your record company 10 Windows Records, yeah. 10 Windows, I'm sorry. So yep. mm-hmm. so that, that's dope. I mean, I love when you hear artists, they put their own stuff out, release their own music, take some ownership uh, of their stuff. Yeah. I love that. Um, so we definitely gonna support that. And I imagine it's available. It'll be available on all the platforms out there.
1: Yeah, you can um, pre-order the album now. Okay. Um, I don't know if you can pre-order the album. I know on um, Spotify, you can pre-order... Um, all the love in the world and a new another single that's going to follow that up light rays um, on spotify you can um pre-save them so that when they come out they just immediately go into your um, into your playlist so
0: all right well Angrip, listen i really really appreciate you coming on here and sharing your stories with us you know some, some words of wisdom uh, I, was, I appreciate your honesty uh, and I appreciate your artwork, you know. So we're definitely gonna, gonna reach out and, and uh, purchase the album, you know. We gonna buy Thank it, you, you know. What I'm saying? Buy <laughs> it, <laughs> not the, just stream it.
1: The starving artist uh, funds, <laughs> <laughs> no. um, But yeah, you gotta, you know, it's a it's a lot of work, it, you know. Mm-hmm. You, we put mm-hmm. our our souls into this music, and you know, just you know support. So
0: all right and uh I'm sure a lot of our listeners are going to see you in April as well at the celebration if uh yeah you know, so definitely give her a say hello to Ingrid yeah. um so yeah um so I think we've, we've got everything that okay. we need to do out there. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you for listening and uh staying with us here on the podcast and of course I want to shout out all of my Patreon people. You don't even Y'all don't even know, but you do know. But y'all don't know that. I definitely appreciate all the support. Um, Shout out to the whole team at Podcast Juice. Also, uh, salute to Jackie. Thanks for uh, getting us connected here. And as I always say, work it like a job. We'll see you next time. Peace.